And I'm Scott. And we are Fired Up, Ready to Podcast. Welcome to episode 5, dear listeners. This week we have no Trump troubles around the globe stories, but we do have our new feature, We Have All the Best People. Why are we starting the show with the song, The Street Where You Live, from the musical My Fair Lady? Because we are on vacation this week, on the lovely island of Martha's Vineyard. And what did we stumble upon last night after dinner? The sight of secret servicemen. Yes, our beloved real president. President Obama was dining in one of the restaurants in town. Yes, it fills my heart with joy to know I'm sharing the same air with this well-spoken, intelligent, honorable, decent man. And it reminds me of the greatness that is possible in our country in a week where the current leadership does the very opposite. So on to the show! We are recording outside, which may explain the sound of the wind or occasional birds or maybe even a plane flying overhead. So on to the show, and I will start with our quiz. Good luck. Welcome, everybody. Question number one. Did a recent tweet by the president clarify, A, what was said at his private summit with Putin, B, the reason for the meeting between his son and the Russians in Trump Tower in the summer before the election, Or C, his plan for reunifying immigrant children with their deported parents? Question two. Children as young as 14, stripped naked, shackled, strapped to chains, their heads encased in bags, left for days or longer in solitary confinement, and in some cases beaten and bruised. Does this describe incidents in a Soviet labor camp? or a detention center for migrant children in Virginia. Question three. Was an individual employed by Fox News recently quoted for A, suggesting the president should stop threatening to fire Rod Rosenstein, B, Melania Trump should be more publicly supportive of her husband's comments and positions, or C, that the media should stay away from future Trump rallies? Question number four. A constitutional convention to change the Constitution requires agreement to hold it by at least 45 states and then overwhelming congressional approval for changes proposed. True or false? Question 5. In a rare break with the president, Sarah Huckabee Sanders said to the reporters at a press briefing last week that no, they were not the enemy of the people. Again, true or false? Question 6. A judge, a judge's ruling this week to fully restore DACA means the issue is settled and Trump has no authority to revoke it going forward. True or false? Those are our questions. Hope you made notes and let's get started with the show. Good luck. And now, domestic Trump troubles. All right, this story is the Constitutional Convention Worries. On Bill Maher's show last Friday night, there was a woman named Nancy McLean, who is a historian at Duke University, who's written a book called Democracy in Chains. She writes about the well-funded, 
highly coordinated effort underway to call for a constitutional convention for the first time in history. At this point, we are only five or six states short of reaching the 34-state goal that is needed in order to call for a constitutional convention. Too few Americans are even aware that such a convention can be called, let alone that there would be no checks on its scope. A number of conservative organizations and donors, including the Mercer family and Koch-funded groups, have renewed and intensified their efforts to thrust the issue into the spotlight. There are no rules governing constitutional conventions. It would be an unpredictable Pandora's box. There was, I guess, one in 1787, which resulted in a brand new constitution. One group openly discusses the possibility of using the process to undo hard-won civil rights and civil, civil liberty advances. Wow. Charles Pierce in Esquire magazine says the whole thing is being sold under the camouflage of a desire to enact a balanced budget amendment. <laughs> but this really has more to do with wanting a society where government is so shrunken as to be unrecognizable. An America where most protections that benefit the average Americans have vanished. Social security abolished. Worker and public health protections gone. Public schools shuttered in favor of private education. A country where national parks and water supplies are sold to the highest bidder. To say nothing of the fact that the thinking is that these conservative groups... Uh, rather than having to go through Congress, if you the benefit of having one of these uh, conventions is, again, you can just start rewriting things. Um, and that maybe they have some agendas to get more, you know, making this a Christian nation. Um, there's some talk of, you know, only having laws that are in accordance with God's laws. Um, so it's a really scary proposition here, and I guess the fact that Republicans have been able to get a lot of the state legislatures are how so many of these states have been calling for this. Um, and that is why we cannot, not, not only vote in presidential elections. We have got to vote in every election that comes down the pike. Because we have slept on this, and this is what has happened, is it has allowed these groups to get power on the state level and to ask for this convention. And we are within a few states of this being a real thing that we have to worry about. The president keeps attacking the free press, calling it the, quote, enemy of the people, unquote. At his rallies, his supporters work themselves into a lather on this point and target their anger at whatever reporters and cameras are present. One such reporter, Jim Acosta, who was taunted by chants of, You're a liar! at a rally in Tampa, Florida recently, was so disturbed by the event that afterward he tweeted, quote, The hostility whipped up by Trump and some of the conservative media will result in someone getting hurt, end quote. Even in the wake of this experience, when pressed about it at a press briefing, Sarah Sanders refused to walk back the president's enemy of the people assertion. Ugh. Fortunately, as reported by The Hill, one conservative voice, 
Chris Steyerwalt, who was a Fox, Fox News politics editor, called for on Fox News' own outnumbered show this past Friday that, quote, we should stop having reporters at those Trump rallies. Oh. Everybody should stop having reporters penned up like veal in the back of those things <laughs> for the president to use as a prop, and then some of those reporters exploit that for their own personal benefit. Wow. This is not helping anybody. Get out of the hall, leave the cameras, get the reporters out of the hall. Quit letting him use you as a foil. End quote. Wow. I know. He's also called for an end to televised White House press briefings, uh, calling them, quote, counterproductive and showboat theater, end quote. Hmm. So all I can say is keep it up, Fox News, and you just might expand your viewership to include some reasonable people. That's amazing. I'm really pleased to hear that. And it is so true. Now, I will say that, you know, maybe he's trying to silence... Uh, outspoken uh, reporters Critics. like uh, Acosta uh-huh. um, by saying that they should need to be present and therefore it would silence their their beefs. Uh, but ultimately, I think he's got a really good point. And I've thought for a long time that there should be no uh, attendance at these press briefings because they're such a joke. Well, the press... Yeah, I, I, I agree. I guess it does... It is a dilemma, though, so do you not cover it at all? I mean, I think covering these rallies is absolutely something we shouldn't... I don't think we should be doing at this point. It's propaganda. Total propaganda. Uh, it's lies. And it, it it just feeds the beast, because that is right. all Donald wants, is the publicity. And if right. there's no publicity for these rallies, yeah. you know... Yeah, I, I think covering these rallies uh, is is not productive at all. Okay. Okay, this next story is about DACA. The magazine Mother Jones reports a federal judge just ordered the Trump administration to fully restore DACA. This does not mean the fate of DACA is entirely secure. This decision comes before another DACA hearing in Texas where it is expected to win the case for ending DACA. This would set up potentially conflicting court orders. The U.S. District Judge, John Bates, who just ruled this week, wrote that the administration, quote, fails to elaborate meaningfully, unquote, on why it considered the program unlawful. He said he didn't argue the authority to rescind the program, but that there must be a rational explanation for its decision, which, of course, was not provided to him. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's good news. Yes. Uh, but it sounds like, you know, they certainly can appeal that, and, and we certainly could be in a situation where we have conflicting orders. Okay, this is another upsetting story about what is happening with migrant children. Uh, most of this comes from the Washington Post, an opinion piece, that ta- I think starts out saying, Migrant kids were stripped, drugged, locked away. So much for compassion. In June, reports started coming out about the Shenandoah Valley Juvenile Center of Migrant Minors as young as 14 being stripped naked, shackled, strapped to chairs, their heads encased in bags, left for days or longer in solitary confinement, and in some cases, beaten and bruised. It turns out these abuses are no worse than those inflicted on even younger children in Texas. A judge ordered a transfer for children in the Shiloh Residential Treatment Center, where they had been routinely administered psychotropic drugs without parental consent, denied water as punishment, 
and forbidden from making private calls. The judge in Texas had to order officials to provide water as needed. Um, water. Water. Ordered to provide water. Yeah, you've got to be told that you need to provide young children water. That's what's happening here. Um, as I was scrolling to find another story on another topic, I found a headline from Mother Jones magazine saying, Worker charged with sexually molesting eight children at an immigrant shelter. Uh, the youth worker, who is HIV positive... Mm is charged with 11 sex offenses. The shelter was cited in 2017 for failing to complete background checks, <clears throat> including fingerprinting. Probably because they've had to scramble together people at the last moment to fill these um, centers, you know, because of the, the new amount of, of children they've had to put in there. They, you know, they probably have had to skip I would imagine the background checks or, you know, get these people in there before they've been fully vetted. In a related story, the Trump administration came up with the brilliant new solution that the ACLU should have to be the ones to reunite the migrant families. This is such a, a, a horrendous embarrassment and um, shameful episode. I hope these people will be facing consequences for this. This next story is about LeBron James. Now, we are not big sports fans here on Fired Up Ready to Podcast, but this guy is apparently an NBA superstar. I don't know anything about that. What I do know is he is a human being superstar. Amen. This man opened a school with the Akron Public Schools for 240 at-risk 3rd and 4th graders called the I Promise School. These students will receive free tuition, free uniforms, free breakfast, lunch, and snacks, free transportation within two miles, a free bicycle and helmet, access to a food pantry for their family, and guaranteed tuition for all graduates to the University of Akron. Parents of the students will receive access to job placement services. Wow. Yep. And help acquiring their GEDs. The classes will expand from 1st to 8th grade by 2022. That's amazing. This is amazing and inspiring and just what we hope to see uh, going on in our country. And this horrendous Trump sees fit to then, uh, on news of this, insult this man. He insulted his intelligence, saying that the interviewer, Don Lemon, who interviewed him last week, right. was the dumbest man on television, and that he made LeBron look smart, which isn't easy to do. Now, someone please explain to me, Please explain to me. Well, because I'll explain. In Trump's eyes, millionaires are supposed to hoard their wealth, not ah, share. Ah, that, that's a, it is. This is maybe a shameful way to be spending your millions, is right. to actually be helping other people when you could be hoarding it up and saving it to be an oligarch. That's right. I mean, I, I just don't... I, I'm sorry. I don't know how you can find this anything but racist, that he continues to make these comments about 
African Americans uh, having a lack of intelligence. It's the same thing he said about Maxine Waters time and again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now he's going to take this beautiful moment, which as Americans we should all feel so heartened and inspired by and, and encouraging this kind of thing in our country. And instead, this petty little president sees fit to try to piss all over this guy's moment. Uh, it, it's uh, well, fortunately, at least the president's wife has LeBron James's back, as she came out um, with admiration for him, saying that she would very much like to visit the school. And uh, what is the bizarreness of those two? What is that marriage? What, what is going what, on? What was that dinner conversation? Wow, <laughs> a, a story for another episode, Indeed. I think. Speaking of racism. A year after their rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, which resulted in the death of counter-protester Heather Heyer, white nationalists are gathering again on Sunday, August 12th, this time in Washington, D.C. Boo! The whiteies are planning to take (laughs) Metro to the event. (laughs) The whiteies? Yeah. And fearing the prospect of violence between them and other passengers, Metro's board came up with the brilliant idea to partition them into their own three reserved Metro cars. (laughs) Well, had Metro's board floated this past its employees first, it might have saved itself a little embarrassment, as the largely African-American membership of Metro's largest employee union said, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) So the plan for private cars is off, and the racists will just have to use the same cars as everyone else and behave (laughs) themselves, even though other passengers might let it be known that they don't appreciate their presence. There is, however, at least one way to curb the potential for unrest on the Metro, which leads us to this week's location-specific Action of the Week. And now, for your Action of the Week. This week's Action of the Week is location-specific. Listeners here in the DMV, that's the District, Maryland, and Virginia, for those out of the know, You can help block the Nazis' access to the metro by flooding the Vienna metro station with your own parked cars. According to the UniteTheRightRally.com website, the Nazis are planning to convene on the Vienna metro at 2 p.m. Wouldn't it be an unfortunate inconvenience if they couldn't find a parking spot? If the plan works exceedingly well, you should know that the next three stations on the Orange Line with dedicated parking lots are Dunloring, West Falls Church, and East Falls Church. And since you're already at the Metro, you might as well hop aboard a train to Foggy Bottom, where you can counter-protest their planned parade from that station to Lafayette Square. Happy Metroing! Okay, the other action of the week is uh, one that, if we've done it before, we're going to keep on doing it, because we want to make sure that everyone continues to A, be sure you've registered to vote, make sure that your registration is active. Right. Uh, with Russian bots and shenanigans going on, we need to keep vigilant and make sure um, just because you checked it last week doesn't mean that it's still okay. So we need to keep checking. The best way I think to do that this week is IWillVote.com. Uh, this is a great site where you can just click it says check your registration. You put your name, your a couple of things, and it will tell you your registration is active. Um, it also tells you where you know where you vote and all this good stuff. Um, but you know you can also register to vote on that site. And as a matter of fact, Michelle Obama will be hitting the road for voter registration drive this fall. 
Um, and so this I will vote, I think is her action or, uh, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just make sure you're registered to vote. Ding, ding. I have the best people. I have the best people. I have the best people. Believe me. No, 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 no. We have the best people. One of the more outrageous claims this president makes is that his administration has the best people. Well, we maintain that's a bunch of BS. We have the best people on our side, and we aim to help you get to know more about them. This week, we are going to feature one of my personal favorites, and that is Michael Avenatti. If you've watched any political shows in the past six months, you know who this man is. But the premise of our podcast is that maybe you don't watch those shows, so maybe you don't know him. Anyway, he is, for one thing, the lawyer representing the porn star Stormy Daniels. Though more recently, he has also stepped in to represent family members who have been separated at the border. Last week, he gave a speech at a rally outside the White House that our very own and very lucky Scott attended. And yes, he got a picture with him. Michael Avenatti is a no-nonsense lawyer who is not afraid in the least to take on Trump. He says we need a street fighter to go after Trump, and he has said he might be willing to run in 2020 if there is no one he feels can knock Trump out. I personally am hoping for someone who is experienced, but it has to be someone who has the fight of this guy. If you are on Twitter, he's a great one to follow, and I'm going to read you some of his tweets. Here's one. The problem is not that Mr. Trump was a celebrity candidate, or that he loves the spotlight. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is that he lacks the heart, morals, values, humility, and respect for the rule of law necessary to successfully lead our nation. Another one is where he likes to uh, call Trump Don the Con. Don the Con's motto, tell people one thing and do another. Another one he wrote was, Imagine how isolated and afraid these children must be. And imagine if that was your child. Mr. Trump needs to skip one or two holes on the golf course and solve this now. Not tomorrow, not next week, now. And now I will read some of his speech uh, that he gave to the group Citizens for Public Justice. In his speech, he is talking about the families who have been separated at the border. And he says, Too many of us have been eerily silent, standing on the sidelines and allowing injustice to be done because they are not us. The vulnerable populations whom Trump is targeting are presently fighting a battle for their right to exist. But it cannot be their fight alone. It is imperative for those in whose name this is being done to stand and say, enough. The more safe and secure you feel in Trump's America, the more urgent it is for you to rise and say, these are my people too. These are my people too. If we can stand up and say that loudly, if all of us who have forgotten that there but for the grace of God go I can remember that truth, we can reunite these families. We can defeat President Trump's unusual cruelty, and we can and will make America decent again. 
We will make America gracious again. We will make America welcoming again. We will make America fair again. We will make America respected again. And we will make America America again. That is why I love this guy. He has got the right uh, energy and spirit and is someone who will speak up um, in, in, uh, for our side very forcefully. Who? Yeah, because he speaks Trump's language. He, he will know how to go. He knows how to go after Trump in a language that Trump is familiar with. And it really is the, the most leveling of the playing field between our side and the Trump. That's right. And Michael Avenatti often ends his tweets with the hashtag BASTA, which is Italian for enough. And this guy hits all the right notes for me and gives me hope. Me too. Thank you, Michael Avenatti. Thanks, Michael. And now for your Tweet of the Week. We have two Tweets of the Week this week. The first is from ABC News political analyst Matthew Dowd, who said, Trump has his own plane and buildings with his name on them. He has had a chauffeur most of his life, probably hasn't shopped at a grocery store in 50 years, has toilets made of gold in a Manhattan penthouse, and his fan club calls us the media elitists. Lordy Moses! Our second tweet is from our person of the week, Michael Avenatti, who said, Different people have different approaches at different times. Here is mine. For the next two and a half years, when they go low, we hit harder. Thank you, Michael Avenatti. And now, what the hell is happening in the Russia investigation anyway? I listened to this with glee uh, this past Monday morning on MSNBC's Morning Joe, and then also uh, looked it up in the New York Times as well. This weekend, the Donald made something very clear, and in doing so, he really murked up the waters for himself. He tweeted on Sunday morning that the infamous meeting at the Trump Tower in June of 16 with his son Don Jr., son-in-law Jared Kushner, and a host of Russians was for the express purpose of getting opposition research, which is, quote, done all the time in politics and was totally legal, end quote. Well, thank you for clearing that up, Mr. President. When you put it like that, it sure does sound like a big nothing burger. <laughs> Except... That's not what you said right after the meeting was became known. Mm. Back then, you said that the meeting was about Russian adoptions. So were you lying then? And if so, why? Well, maybe perhaps because while getting opposition research on an opponent is done all the time in politics, it's rarely, if ever, obtained from foreign sources because that president is illegal. And you knew it? Is that why you lied back then, Mr. President? But you're coming clean now because you figure even, what, if, even if it was illegal, nothing came of it, as in the Russians present had no dirt on your opponent. So the ends justify the means, or all is well that ends well. Is that it? Does that mean also that if you try to rob a bank but fail, your actions are not illegal? Or if you drive drunk but don't have an accident, then it's okay? Is that what you mean, Mr. President? 
the laws don't work that way, Mr. Prez. And even though you aren't worried about Don Jr.'s fate for having hosted the me meeting, which is apparently the main message of your tweet, are you worried now that you just threw your own son under the bus by confirming what has up to now only been widely believed to be the meeting's purpose, but not confirmed as it's still under investigation? Mm. Keep it up, Donald. You're achieving two aims. Negating the need for Mueller to speak with you directly, either voluntarily or by subpoena, and ensuring a speedier conclusion to his investigation with every tweet you send. Dumbass. In another in what appears to be a series of incidents for Mueller to add to his obstruction of justice file, last Wednesday Trump tweeted that, quote, Attorney General Jeff Sessions should stop this rigged witch hunt right now, unquote. This has his lawyers and press secretary scrambling to excuse this away by saying that this was merely Trump expressing his opinion, as he is so wont to do on Twitter. Rudy Giuliani saying that Trump, quote, very carefully used the word should, which I guess in their minds makes this not an order. Uh, Senator Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut disagreed, saying, quote, it seems ever more valid and serious evidence of criminal intent to obstruct justice. Whether it is obstruction itself or not, it's certainly indicated intent, unquote. This, and, and as day goes by and we learn more and more and uh, the irony of then the next tweeting about Trump Tower meeting, mm -hmm. um, and we're supposed to just, you know, believe this is all just yeah, nothing. It's all good. It's just his opinion. It's it's the spirit of the uh, of the message, not the words of the message, <laughs> that we should be paying attention to. Oh, the oh. underlying stuff. All I know is I've seen many a meme online that has, you know, Mueller sort of banging his head against a wall and saying, <laughs> like, if they would just stop, you know, adding to the obstruction of justice, if they just stop, you know, with new things for me to investigate. Right. That's why it's ongoing. And now for your inspirational quote of the week. Our first quote of the week is courtesy of Samuel Adams, who in 1768 said, There is nothing so fretting and vexatious, nothing so justly terrible to tyrants and their tools and abettors as a free press. Our second quote of the week is from Benjamin Franklin, who in 1722 said, Whoever would overthrow the liberty of the nation must begin by subduing the freeness of speech. These quotes are very timely, given the attack on the free speech that this president continues. Thank you for joining us. As we said, we are on vacation, and so next week we are taking the week off. Don't forget to register to vote, and we'll catch you in a couple weeks. Take care. And that's all for this week. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week and tell all your left-leaning, but not very active friends about us. This has been a Common Production. <laughs>